0: <clears throat> well, thank you very much, Sean, for that introduction. So once again, my name is Tim Ho. I'm a field application scientist here at KaiGen Digital Insights. And today I'm going to discuss how to perform your immune repertoire analysis using KIAGEN's CLC genomics workbench. So before we begin, Just a legal disclaimer that the Kiogen products shown here are intended for molecular biology applications, and these products are not intended for the diagnosis, prevention, or treatment of a disease. So thank you uh, for participating in the pre-meeting poll. Uh, We will be launching additional polls throughout the meeting today to keep this webinar interactive. If you have any questions during the talk, please feel free to use the Q and A box in your Zoom control panel. On the call today, we have Sean, as well as Deb, and there are our expert resident uh, CLC Genomics Workbench uh, scientists. So definitely take this opportunity to ask any questions you may have about the software. As well, to keep this interactive, from time to time, I may be asking you to use the raised hand button. So if you could go ahead and use that raised hand button, just so that I know that uh, it's working for you, that would be greatly appreciated. So I can see that many of you were able to find that button. That's great. Thank you. And just as a reminder, once again, today's recording will be available immediately after the training is over. All you have to do is click on the registration link, refill your information, and you'll be able to watch the recording on demand. So. Looking at the pre-meeting poll, uh, about 60% of you are new to Chiogen CLC genomics workbench. So we will spend a little bit of the time to talk about the software and how easy it is to use to analyze your NGS data for immune repertoire. We'll be looking at two different applications of how to analyze your immune repertoire. First, looking at how to analyze your bulk immune repertoire analysis. And then we're going to look at how we can use the software to combine single-cell RNA-seq with TCR-seq as well. So, Kiagen CLC Genomics Workbench is a software that allows you to analyze all sorts of NGS data, from RNA-seq to uh, transcriptomics, to de novo assembly. Some of you in the pre-meeting poll have indicated that you have used it in another capacity, such as using it for antimicrobial resistance, mapping reads to a reference. It is really a, a software that allows you to do all sorts of analysis. And it's, it's a really a Swiss knife of tools for your uh, NGS needs. And today we'll be focused on two of these different tools. The first one is the immune receptor repertoire analysis. And then the second one is combining single cell RNA-seq with single cell TCR-seq to look at your immune repertoire. We also like to highlight that Chiagen CLC genomics workbench has been used to publish results for immune repertoire analysis. And here I've just shown you two separate publications quantifying and analyzing immune repertoires in the VJ uh, regions in two separate uh, biological contexts. So many of you in the audience may be aware, but for those of you who are new to immunology, so here on the top left-hand corner here, I have the structure of the T cell receptor and the B cell receptor. And we know that uh, VDJ recombination brings together the VDJ and the C gene segments together to form either the alpha chain or the beta chain in the T cell receptor, or in the B cell receptor, you also have uh, a similar uh, structure where you have the heavy chain and then the light chain. So because of the various different recombinations that occur, there needs to be a way to analyze what genes and what type of recombinations have occurred. And this is important because the TCR, T cell receptor, and the B cell receptor diversity is a good indication of how well the immune response is responding to foreign antigens or for a better response to disease. So as many of you in the audience may know, as we uh, age and as we get older, there tends to be a decrease in TCR and BCR diversity. So by measuring the diversity of your TCR and BCR repertoire, we can use that as an indication of the immune response. So once again, today in our uh, webinar, we're going to look at how we can use the tool to measure the diversity of our TCR receptor and our BCR receptor. So what are the types of analysis that you can do with CLC genomics workbench. So the first result that we can gain from our CLC genomics workbench is a table from bulk immune repertoire analysis where we could look at the V, D, J, and the CDR3 chain that is formed for our bulk uh, immune um, repertoire. So this allows us to see not only the frequency but as well as the counts of the number of these reads that we have. This can also be visualized using a Sankey plot. So as you can see in this particular sample, there are many V as well as the J chain that is joined in this uh, T cell receptor alpha chain here. And as you can see, this is a quite complicated diagram. We can subset this to make it a little more manageable to see which uh, uh, V segment is joined to which J segment. We can also measure diversity by looking at a rarefaction curve. And in this case, we can have an interpolate as well as an extrapolation of the TCR diversity. We can look at the CDR3 length distribution to see how well the TCR uh, receptor or the diversity of the TCR receptor is. In this case, we can see that as, um, as expected, the spacing here is every three nucleotides or one amino acid. And we see a nice distribution centered around a particular um, length of nucleotides corresponding to, uh, this is what, 16? Yeah, three, 14, 14 amino acid length. We can also look at the distribution and the histogram of the various different VDJ chains that are used in the uh, in our sample. And we can also look at the cumulative uh, frequency of our distribution of our TCR chain. And again, this allows us to see how diverse our samples are in terms of the TCR diversity. So all of the Analysis I've shown thus far have been for one particular samples. But as you can imagine, what we could do is we can merge all of these samples together and compare these different samples. So in this case, on the right-hand side here, I have control IgG sample. And if you treat this, this particular biological context with either IL-10FC, uh, anti-CSF1R antibody, or a combination of this fusion protein, you can see the diversity of the TCR change across these different bulk samples. So when samples are treated either with the fusion protein or the IL-10 FC, you can see that the diversity has increased compared to the others. This can also be illustrated by the rarefaction curve where you can see an increase in the curve for the two samples that have a more diverse TCR repertoire. So that is results that we can generate from bulk immune repertoire analysis. But what about single cell analysis? And with the advent of single cell RNA-seq, technology has evolved to allow us to look at single cell TCR uh, repertoire as well. In this case, what we can do is we can not only look at what type of TCR segments there are, but whether they're productive or non-productive. So in this image, what we have is a UMAP for single cell RNA-seq combined with single cell TCR-seq. And in this case, I have colored these based on whether they produce a productive or non-productive TCR for the alpha and the beta chains. And what we can do is we can overlay this UMAP with information about the cell type. So as you can see, highlighted in red, red signifies the T lymphocytes. And let me just go back to the previous slide. We can see that the majority of productive TCRs that are formed reside with the T lymphocytes, which makes sense in this case. If we have multiple different samples, we can also overlay that that information as well. So in, in this particular sample data set, what we have are samples that are isolated either from peripheral blood or from tumors. And once again, we can see that the majority of productive TCRs, going back to this UMAP, overlay with samples that are found in our tumor single cells. Immune repertoire from our TCR-seq can also generate a Sankey plot where we can look at the diversity once again. And although today I do not have time to discuss further the single-cell RNA-seq pipeline and the utility of the single-cell RNA-seq, I highly recommend users today who are interested in single cell RNA-seq to access many of our resources that are available. We have a recording for our single cell RNA-seq training. We have a step-by-step instructions on how to set up your single cell RNA-seq, how to select particular cell clusters, subtypes, etc., with a PDF tutorial, We have other tutorials and example data sets for you to access. And my colleague, Kristen O'Malley, earlier this week, has done a wonderful job of how to analyze your single-cell RNA-seq. Part one is using CLC genomics workbench to set up your single-cell RNA-seq. And part two is analyzing the biological context behind that single-cell RNA-seq with the, ingenuity pathway analysis software. So with these illustrations, what I'm going to do is I'm going to launch an illustration poll to see whether these are the types of results that you are looking for when you want to analyze your immune repertoire. So I can see that many of you found that this is exactly what you're looking for, so thank you for that feedback. To the attendees who may be looking for other additional topics, uh, please feel free to use the Q&A box or uh, to give us the feedback about what additional results that you would like to look for for immune repertoire analysis. This would really help us integrate additional tools and additional analysis for future releases in the software. So what are some features and advantages of using Kaigen's CLC genomics Workbench? This is a cross-platform desktop genomics application that you can analyze your results with a graphical user interface. So for those of you who may not have any command line experience, you can run all of your NGS analysis with a GUI. It has a user-friendly interface, It's interactive to allow to facilitate for different analysis. We have ready to use and customizable workflows. So for those of you who are new to bioinformatics, you can use our ready to use workflows to analyze your data. For those of you who may be bioinformaticians or a little bit more experienced, you can customize these workflows to optimize them so that you can process your samples either more efficiently or to include additional analysis. We have modular designs to add plugins. So if you're only looking at bulk immune repertoire, you can install that particular plugin. If you're only interested in single cell seq and single cell TCRC, you can install that plugin as well. So we have developed under the quality standard of ISO 9001 2015 certification. It works across multiple platforms, Windows, Mac, Linux. It allows the use of different reads for most platforms, whether that's Illumina, IonTorrent, some long reads, as well as Elements as well. So any type of reads you generate, you can use uh, CLC Genomics Workbench to analyze. I can see from the pre-meeting poll that many of you are analyzing hundreds, even um, a lot of thousands of samples So CLC Genomics Workbench allows you to scale up for high throughput as well. The software is fully documented and supported. You have have access to PhD level scientists, 20 hours a day and five days a week. So you can contact them if you run into any technical issues, if you have any scientific questions you may have. We also produce uh, audit trails in the program allows for user management and any, all additional, uh, features here listed. So here's just to highlight a quality control report from a particular analysis. In this case, you can see that all of these quality control metrics are shown here for you to examine whether there are any cautious flags that are flagged during the analysis. And here is an example of an automatic log report that is generated from an analysis where we can see the pipeline that was used to run this analysis, the date and the user who uh, ran the analysis, and all the parameters and the input that were used to generate this particular result. So all of these information are readily available in every single file in CLC Genomics Workbench. So once again, although today we're only using two tools within the software, remember that this software has additional capabilities for you to analyze your NGS data. And for those of you who would like to scale up due to the number of samples you have, or because perhaps you may have a decreased amount of turnaround time, CLC Genomics Workbench can access the CLC Genomics server, which allows you to leverage your HPC hardware. This also allows you to use external applications. So for some of you who may be interested in additional results uh, for immune repertoire analysis, you can wrap external applications into the software to generate the results that may be um, what you're looking for. For the bioinformaticians who are in the audience, The genomic server also allows you to launch jobs using the command line tools as well. You can also leverage your own Amazon web service account to use the CLC cloud module for high throughput analysis as well. So with that, let's go ahead and jump into the software to see how we can analyze bulk immune repertoire uh, samples, And the sample that I'm going to run today came from this GEO study where mouse cd cells uh, from tumors, spleen, and lymph nodes were collected. And there are four treatment groups. So control IgG, IL-10, uh, CF, uh, CSF1R, and then a fusion protein. So the RNA was extracted and sequencing libraries were made with the kia mouse TCR sequencing kit. So once again, all of today's slides, uh, I have step-by-step guides of how to uh, process the samples and how to set up your analysis. But the first thing we need to do is install the biomedical workflow plugin where the kia uh, immune repertoire analysis workflows and the tools are available. So for those of you who are running the program on Windows, you must run the software as an administrator. So right-click on the program and click on the run as administrator to install the plugin. So let's go ahead and let me jump out of my um, slideshow and open up an analysis. So, To orient everybody in the software, for those of you who are new to the software, on the left-hand side here is the navigation area where all of your folders and all of your files are going to be stored. On the bottom left-hand side here, we have all of the tools as well as all of the workflows that are accessible to you to help you analyze your NGS data. We can also see a processes tab where you can monitor the progress of your job when you launch your job. On the right-hand corner here, we can see a couple of buttons that are uh, particularly useful. We have a plugins, references, download and a support button here as well. So the first thing we need to do is download our biomedical Uh, analysis plugins. So let's go ahead and access the plugins button on the top right-hand corner. So as you can see, there are many plugins that are available within CLC genomics workbench, depending on your NGS needs. For those of you who are looking for the biomedical genomics analysis module, As you can see, since I've already downloaded the plugin and installed it, this is under my Manage Plugins. But if this is your first time accessing the software, feel free to go to the Download Plugins button and look for this Biomedical Genomics Analysis plugin. You should be able to click on this Download and Install you'll have to accept the terms and conditions of the plugins, and you would be able to receive your um, plugins um, once you restart the software. So once again, for those of you who want to install your plugins, feel free to go to the plugins button access the download plugins, search for the biomedical genomics analysis, and then click on the download and install. And once again, for those of you who are running on Windows, please run the program as an administrator. You may have to access your IT department to get more uh, permission and privilege to do so. So the next step we need to do is to re-import our reads. And then we need to download our reference data set, right? Because we need to map our TCR reads to a particular reference. So in this case, if we go to the top left-hand corner, we can see that there is this import button here. So for those of you who are following along today, let's go ahead and click on this import button. And here you can import Various different items into CLC Genomics Workbench. So, on the top here, we have the various different reads that are supported by CLC Genomics Workbench. We're going to spend some time talking about the metadata Excel spreadsheet that can be imported into CLC. And on the bottom here, you can see additional plugins for single cell as well. And then here is also an import function for importing immune references segments as well. So let's go ahead and click on this import button. And today the reads are generated from Illumina sequencing. So I'm going to click on this Illumina. The first page is going to ask me, where do I want to save my files? So for those of you who are running the program on your workstation, feel free to click on the Workbench radio button. For those of you who may be running your jobs on a CLC Genomics server, feel free to click on the radio button here as well. For those of you who have access to the cloud module, you can click on the CLC Genomics Cloud Module radio button here to do your analysis in the cloud. Once you're ready, feel free to click on the next button and here is where you can select your files and your reads. So, in this case, what we can do is we can click on the location where either we want to find our FASTQ files in our file system, our Amazon Web Service account, or base space. So, feel free to select the appropriate location. We can either add an entire folder or we can go into the folder and click on the files. So in this case, I'm going to add the files, locate my reads. So I believe I have them stored here. And here is where I can import my reads. So I'm going to go ahead and click on these FastQ files, click on open, and for those of you who may be new to NGS, if we look at the ending to these files, they are labeled R1 and R2. And in most cases, R1 and R2 would signify that these are pair end reads. So when you see R1 and R2, make sure that their paired-reads checkbox is checked, and then we can click on the Next button after we have done so, we can click on the save radio button, check the checkbox to create a subfolder for each FASTQ file. And then if you wish to click on and create a log for this process, feel free to use the checkbox here as well. This is quite handy for when you're trying to benchmark certain processes or when you want to make sure that if there are any errors that pop up that you have a documentation of that particular error. So with that, let's go ahead and click on next. And this is where we can create a new folder. Let me just go ahead and click on new folder. I'm just gonna label this live demo 2023 And now we have our folder ready to go to import our fastq file. I'm going to click on finish. And as you can see, under my processes tab, we can keep track of the time it takes to import our fastq file. So while that is going on, let me go ahead and jump back in the slideshow just to repeat the steps that we've taken to import our fastq files into clc we went into the import button clicked on the Illumina since these are Illumina fastq files we then selected where we would like to import our fastq files clicked on next added our files by browsing and searching for our fastq files Making sure that because these are paired end reads that the paired reads checkbox is checked. Clicking on next brings us to uh, a window allowing us to save into our folder of interest. So the next step that we need to do is to import in a metadata. So what is a metadata? So metadata is a very simple, Excel spreadsheet that we can label our samples with additional information. So in this example, what we can do is we can import in an Excel spreadsheet, and then we can label anything in that Excel spreadsheet and attach that information into our FastQ files. So once again, what we can do is we can go to the import button, go to the metadata, And in this case, browsing for that Excel spreadsheet. And as you can see, this Excel spreadsheet not only contains our 12 samples. So remember we have spleens, we have our lymph nodes as well as our tumors, and we have four different treatments, so 12 samples. And each sample includes additional metadata that we can attach to our FASTQ files. So the fields that we're most interested in are probably going to be the tissues column as well as the treatment column here. So clicking on next, what we can do is we can tell the program where the location of these FASTQ files are. So I'm going to go ahead and click on this browse button. I'm going to go to my Seq immune repertoire, and I'm going to select these FASTQ files that I imported in earlier. Um, We can click on OK. And then notice how the prefix radio button is selected here. This allows the program to match the metadata with the FASTQ files. And this is especially useful if your FASTQ files have additional text beyond the name. Clicking on next allows us to save this metadata. So for today, I'm just gonna save it into that live demo folder, which is right here. And I click on finish. So the last thing we need to do is we need to download our reference data set. So once again, to download our reference TCR segment, what we can do is we can go to that references button on the top right-hand corner, access the KIAGEN set, find the Kaya immune repertoire analysis. And in this case, we're using mouse. Click on the Download button, and that allows us to close the program. So once again, going to the References button on the top right-hand corner. We're going to go to the Kyogen sets. We're going to scroll down so that we can find the kia mouse immune repertoire right there. And then you can click on the download button. And this will download the kia immune reference segment file for us to align our PCR reads against. And once that is ready to go, feel free to close the window. And now we have all of the elements we need to set up our analysis. So before we take a live Q&A break, I just want to show the users some of the results that we can generate from our bulk immune repertoire. So again, starting from the QC, we can get QC reports for our immune repertoire analysis. So I'm just going to open up the combined reports to show you the Metrics for the remove and annotate with unique molecular index. We have trend analysis, if that is available. We have QC for our reads, trim, create UMI reads from our reads, whether they are grouped or not. And then we get to the immune repertoire analysis where, where we can look at parameters such as the diversity indices. CDR3 link distribution, whether they are productive or not, for your alpha, beta, gamma, and delta uh, uh, T cell receptors. The second result is this clonal type where we can get a table of our clonotypes. We can generate a Sankey plot. So this is gonna take a couple seconds because we do have a lot of uh, clonal types that are available. We also get the rarefaction plot, the distribution, as well as the uh, cumulative frequencies. So all of these results are available for you once you perform your Chiasek immune repertoire. So once again, here's the Sankey plot. We have the rarefaction, CDR3 length, segment usage, as well as the cumulative frequencies. So with that, I'd like to take a break to see if there are any questions I can answer live.
1: And of course, if I could get my mute quick enough. Yes, Uh, so Tim, a couple questions came in. Um, One asked if they could use like bulk RNA-seq data for immune repertoire analysis. Sorry, you cut off there. Sure. Uh, They asked if you could use bulk RNA-seq data for immune repertoire analysis.
0: So bulk RNA-seq data would not allow for you to uh, analyze your immune repertoire analysis because your RNA-seq will capture not only your TCR, but also all of the genes are expressed. Mm-hmm. So either you will have to sequence really, really deep to get enough coverage for your uh, TCRs, um, uh, but you also have to worry about the fact that uh, your TCR analysis may not be due to biological context, but maybe due to something like a PCR r- artifact. So I-, I see in the uh, in a chat that you pasted the kits that would be most useful for uh, cell receptor sequencing as well. Well,
1: cool. so we also, um, I could also see um, the one person asked, they couldn't, didn't see BCR. um, And so Mm -hmm. I think it would just be a sort of a reference uh, file uh, issue or what?
0: Yes. Yeah. So for those of you who may want to do BCR analysis, what you would do is go to the import button and go to the import immune reference segments. So here, what you can do is you can import in your BCR reference either through the IMSeq or the IMGT format. And then you'll be able to do our analysis downstream and BCR receptor segment reference file should be readily um, available.
1: Well, cool. and um, I guess kind of playing into that, uh, what organisms would it support? So
0: because you can import any immune repertoire or uh, reference segments, you can analyze any type of species within CLC genomics Workbench as long as you have that reference segment file. So feel free to uh, use a reference segment for whatever animal that you're studying or plants or any organism.
1: All right. Um, that looks like about the uh, the questions that are in the, the Q&A. Um... I think you can keep on keeping on. All Uh, right. Actually, I'm going to point out one more thing um, because it never hurts. I have provided the slides again um, in the chat. And so if you're interested in downloading the slides, please take a look at the chat and download today's slides.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much, Sean. And thank you to everybody participating in the polls uh, and for uh, answering questions and asking Sean great questions in the chat box. Just remember, we have Sean and Dev, who are experts in CoC Genomics Workbench. They'll be more than happy to ask, uh, answer your questions. And we also have Nicole on the call today, who will be more than happy to help you with any licensing questions you may have. Okay, so now that we've seen the results that we can generate, let's go ahead and see how we can set up our analysis. So the tool that we'll be running today is this KIA-Seq Immune Repertoire Analysis Workflow. So this is how easy it is to analyze your bulk immune repertoire uh, samples. So let's go ahead and go to the toolbox. And in this case, what we're going to do is go to the biomedical workflows. So if I expand on the folder, we can see the Kyaseq sample analysis folder and here we can either analyze the ChiaSeq DNA, ChiaSeq RNA workflows. But that one that we're looking for is underneath the other KIA-seq workflows. And this is where we can perform ChiaSeq immune repertoire analysis. So, for those of you who are following along, let's go ahead and double click on this workflow where we can set up our analysis with our GUI interface. So this is pretty straightforward. We first select our workflow, select our reference, create our UMI reads, and then we save our results. So really it's only one, two, three steps that we have to worry about before we can click on finish. So again, we can select where we want to run the analysis here we can select the FASTQ reads that we have imported into CLC genomics workbench. So in this case, I'm going to select the 12 FASTQ files for this particular study, clicking on next. Remember the reference data set that we have downloaded. So for today, we're going to use the ChiaSeq immune repertoire analysis for mouse, and then we can click on uh, next. For those of you who may have imported your own reference data set, feel free to click on this radio button so that you can um, use um, use a default. And another way to create a a reference data set is to go to the reference tab and go to a custom sets as well. So there are multiple, multiple ways of doing so. Here, the parameter here is to ask how many reads of UMI per group would you require to merge them together essentially. So the minimum UMI group size is three. So anything less than three will be discarded and anything more than three will be merged together for downstream analysis. So for those of you who may be new to CLC genomics or bench, maybe new to bioinformatics, Feel free to click on this help button where you can read the tool, learn about the tool and learn about the algorithms behind the tools. So here we can talk, it talks about all of the different parameters that are under the locked settings. And this allows you to learn about the different tools that helps you to analyze your uh, NGS samples. Clicking on next, this brings us to the results handling, where once again, we can create a log and we can create a folder for where we would like to save the results. So using the raised hand button, how many of you find the setting up of the analysis rather straightforward and uh, easy to do? So I can see that A few of you, many of you, are finding that setting up the NGS analysis is not going to be intimidating. So that's great to see and great to hear. And once again, the results that we get from this particular workflow are all generated here. So let me go ahead and go back to the Slideshow again just to show you how we access the Perform ChiaSeq Immune Repertoire Analysis, selected where we want to run our analysis, selected our FastQ files that we would like to analyze, selecting the ChiaSeq mouse immune repertoire reference dataset, and then we can analyze and merge the reads together based on minimum UMI group size, and then we can save our analysis location. So for those of you who may be interested in the behind the scenes, what we can do is we can actually look at the workflow in more details. So in this case, I'm going to right click on the workflow, open a copy of the workflow, and this is where we can see all of the tools associated to generate the results that we have. So first we start off with the workflow input. We then remove and annotate with new, unique molecular index, because we don't want the index to affect the mapping of our reads. We then create the UMI reads from the reads. We merge overlapping pairs from our paired end reads to create a longer pair end reads. We retain both merged reads as well as the non-merged reads, trim them for quality, for length, and then we take all of those reads for our immune repertoire analysis. On the right-hand side here, we can create reports. So all of these analyses comes with reports. Reports, 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 reports. And then of course, at the end here, we also have a report here. All of these steps are combined together so that we create one sample report at the end. So let's go back to our folder to see, just going to close this, to see some of the QC reports that we have. So once again, this allows users to quickly identify whether there are any errors or any discrepancies or anomalies in their samples, right? So if we have a lot of reads that get trimmed off, this report would indicate that, and perhaps that would be a good indication for us to dive deeper into what is causing those samples to perhaps have not enough UMI reads or whether particular samples are trimmed, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And for those of you who are analyzing for immune repertoire diversity, this particular sample or this particular analysis has the diversity indices. So this tells us how diverse our TCR repertoire um, is. And as you can see, we also have the cr 3 length distribution and whether they're productive or not for the alpha, beta, uh, gamma, and delta chains as well. So, the results also produce reads from either merge or not merge reads. So, they are available for you to run additional analysis should you need them. But the file that is the most important for many users doing immune repertoire analysis is this clonotype table. So, this allows users to look at the V, D, J, and in the CDR uh, regions that are used for a particular chain. So here we also see the CDR3 length, the count, so how many of this particular clonal type we have, and in the frequency as well. So the next column here is whether it's productive or non-productive. So whether the CDR3 is productive or non-productive. So in this case, this particular sequence is on the frame. And we also have productive uh, in the next few examples. In this column, we have both uh, T cell receptor alpha and beta chain. And remember with the beta chain, we have the addition of the D segment. We can filter this down by using the filter button here, where we can filter based on any of the parameters in a table. So for example, perhaps we're only looking for frequencies that is more than 5%. So what that allows us to do is to filter down for clonal types that have frequency more than five. And what users can do is select them and then create a new clonal type from selection. So this is extremely useful for if you have some very complex samples so that if you can, um, so that when you generate the Sankey plot, it may look a little bit uh, less busy. And remember, this is going to recalculate the frequency because the number of counts are going to be much smaller. So this allows us to make the frequency where if I drag it up to the top here, this it's a lot less busy, right? So now we can see which TCR receptor alpha is joined to which TCR alpha uh, uh, J segment and all of the different uh, clonal types associated. So let's go ahead and look at the rarefactions plot where we can see the interpolated as well as the extrapolated diversity of our samples. So this would just let us know the number of clonal types and the clonal type diversity. So the higher and the the higher the curve, the more diverse this sample is. This plot would be especially useful if we have multiple samples to compare. And once I finish talking about the individual results, I'll go ahead and talk about how we can combine these different clonal types. The third analysis here is the uh, CDR3 length distribution. So once again, we expect the, the intervals to be at three nucleotides because every three nucleotides makes one amino acid. And we're expecting this plot to have a distribution center around a certain length of nucleotides. The next plot is the uh, V-segment. On the right-hand side here, you can see various different settings that we can use to change these plots. So for example, if you're interested in perhaps the gamma uh, chain, you can use this drop down menu to visualize what type of gamma chains are used in your samples. So you can do this for alpha, beta, gamma, and delta. You can also change whether you want to look at the V, the j, or the constant or c r three. Uh, segment as well. There is also a, a menu here where you can restrict this plot so that it can look a little bit uh, for presentation purposes. And the last plot is a cumulative frequencies analysis. So if we expect the diversity of our TCR immune repertoire to be nor- normally distributed across all of our samples, we would expect something that's going to be a little bit more linear, right? Because each TCR segment is representing one sample in the the sample. But if we see a very steep followed by a plateauing, then that tells us that particular sets of TCRs are more represented over others in our sample. So to access the automatic log report, we can click on the show history where we can look at the tools that are used to generate our results and the parameters that were used to analyze our data. So let's go ahead and go back to my slideshow just to refresh our memory. Of the types of results that are generated at the end of the immune repertoire analysis. We first have a combined reports of all the QCs as well as our immune repertoire analysis that allows us to look at how well our samples are prepped and gives us additional parameters to analyze our immune repertoire diversity. We can also look at the immune repertoire analysis report by itself to look at parameters such as the diversity indices. In the clonal type table, what we can generate are all of these various different analyses, including the table, alignment, Sankey plot, rarefaction, CDR3 link, segment usage, cumulative frequencies, as well as the history. So once again, using the clonal type table, we can see how well or how our samples are in terms of the VDJ, CDR3, the amino acid sequence, as well as the, whether they are productive or not, and the number of counts for a particular segment. We can generate a Sankey plot from this. Notice the controls on the side here. We can filter for various different um, chains as well as various different uh, segments to make this a little bit more uh, visually pleasing. We also filtered down and made a subset using that uh, table to create a filter as well. We can also generate a rarefaction to look at diversity. CDR3 length, segment usage, as well as the cumulative frequencies. So, the next thing I want to talk about is well, what we have multiple samples, right? Can we combine these multiple samples together? So, in this case, users can use the compare immune repertoire tool within the biomedical genomics analysis. So let's go ahead and scroll down to our tools here. So once again, let's go ahead and go to the toolbox. Let's navigate to the bottom of this. And then let's go ahead and expand on our biomedical genomics tool. We're going to access the immune repertoire analysis, where we can compare across our immune repertoire. So here, all we have to do is select all of our various different clonal types, and then we can compare across the different samples. And once again, I'm just gonna quickly open up this analysis to show you the uh, various different analysis. The Sankey plot is going to produce the same Sankey plot where we can group by samples. And again, I'm not going to click on this right now because it's going to generate a quite busy plot, but you will be able to see in my slideshow, the Sankey plot for the combined samples. And this allows us to look at the diversity. So we know that samples one and three visually looks more diverse than two and four. Looking at the rarefaction plot, this is where we can actually see that this is sample three, this is sample one. They're much more diverse according to the rarefaction than samples two and four. So this is how one would be able to use bulk immune repertoire analysis in CLC genomics or bench to compare across their samples. So now that we have talked about some of the results are generated, how are we going to export these various different results? So to export graphics, what users can do is go to this graphics button here, and this allows users to export the graphics, whether that's a whole area or that that is the uh, visible area to their desktop. For those of you who may want to export the table, or perhaps you would like to export the PDF file, go ahead and click on the export button, where you can either export as Excel, PDF, as well as additional uh, uh, file types as you want. This is a VDJ tools TXT. So if you want to export the clonotypes uh, as a VDJ tools text, you can do so as well. So let's go back to the slideshow to just remind users how to export our graphics and how to export tables, PDFs, and other elements. So last thing I want to talk about before uh, having another live Q and A is to how to modify the workflows for the third-party library kits. So if we open up the, copy of the workflow, but we can see that there are two areas that we perhaps need to modify to accommodate for other library kits as well. So the first one is going to be the UMI. So perhaps the UMI lengths and the trimming may be different for other kits. So by double clicking on this toolkit, what users can do is change the parameters so that the trimming parameters are accurate and the UMI lengths are accurate for their library kit of preference. Another area that users may have to modify is this trim adapter list. So make sure that if you have other adapters that you may have to trim after UMI and the merging, include those in your workflow as well. The one thing that I do want to mention, and let me just go ahead and jump back into the program, and open up the workflow is that these parameters are locked down. So that means that when we run the workflow, we can't see these parameters to be edited when we set up the analysis. So this allows you as the user to control the analysis. So if you are the senior scientist or if you're developing the bioinformatics analysis tool, you can lock all of these parameters down so that others can't change those parameters. If you want to change these parameters, once again, double click, change the parameters and then click on finish. If you need to include the adapter list, feel free to click on the trim merged reads and then unlock this adapter list so that when you do set up your analysis, you can search for the adapter list when you set this up. So the last thing I think I have here mentioned is that although today I've run a TCR analysis, if you want to use the tool for BCR, or if you want to use this for other species other than human and mouse, feel free to import your immune repertoire segments using the import button and then the import immune uh, reference segments tool. So with that, uh, I think this is a good time to take another live Q&A break to see sure. if there are any questions I can ask or answer. Uh,
1: quick question, uh, looking at the references, how many references are available for the immune repertoire segments in the workbench?
0: I think there are two, I believe, and please correct me if I'm wrong, there's one for human and one for mouse.
1: Correct, I believe that's uh, that's uh, correct as well. So. Um, I think what the, uh, there's been a couple questions about the sort of different references. Like, there's a single cell reference, there's like the immune repertoire reference, um, things along those lines. And and I guess it was sort of like, what are the differences, or why are the why does it seem to be so many different references?
0: Yeah. So there are so there are definitely major differences between mouse and human, right? So in that case, those TCR segments are going to be vastly different, and we know. Uh, from studying immune system that the VDJ segments can be differ by even a single nucleotide. So that's why having various different species is, is important. In terms of the single cell versus the bulk RNA-seq, the only difference between the single cell reference data set versus the bulk, I believe, is the uh, single cell cell annotation file. So in a single cell data set, you have cell type annotation references to include, because you need to, if you have single cell RNA-seq, you want to annotate those cells. So that is the only difference between the two.
1: Gotcha. So safe to say that we're effectively providing like a, a RefSeq version and an ensemble version of the major releases of those references. So that way, some researchers prefer one over the other. And then when we look at those different sort of specific reference sets like single cell, there are really a lot of overlap, but there's just some files that are specific to single cell workflows that we make sure are available in that download single cell reference. Is that sort of what you were kind of getting at?
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so just depends on whether you're running single cell or whether you're running your bulk. Um, if you're running single cell, additional references are included in that data set.
1: And you always say additional, so it's only going to download the files that it doesn't already have available, right? Correct.
0: Yes. Yeah. So the TCR segment list is going to be the same.
1: Okay, so it's not like it downloads a whole like copies and copies of human yeah. genomes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, the other question that had uh, hopefully that clarifies it because I was having a it was difficult to send that through chat. So, um, that was one question that had come up a couple times, uh, during your your talk. Um. The other one would be, uh, and I, you probably covered this before, but where do those workflows that you're running come from?
0: Yes, yeah, so for the biomedical genomics analysis, you will have to go to the plugins on the top right-hand corner, go to the download plugins, and this is where you're going to search for the biomedical genomics analysis. So remember, if you're running this on Windows, you have to run the program as an administrator.
1: Okay, and then um, we talked about like importing data. Is there any way of sort of getting public available or like maybe data that's been published uh, within the workbench?
0: Yeah, so if you have any data sets that you you want to analyze, don't think that this software is only for data you've generated. So a lot of users go to the download button, search for reads in SRA, and this is where you can download publicly available data sets from geo, um, from SRA, where you can search for the projects and then download them into the workbench for you to analyze. So that's how I got all of my data sets.
1: Cool. Uh, last one I see is, um, can is, is it easy and can you make uh, subsets of your like chronotypes? Yes, yeah.
0: So, once again, to make a subset, so let's go ahead and can I remove the? Let's see, yeah. So what I did was I used this filter, and then I just selected the column that I'm going to subset. So if I want only productive uh, clonal types, I select productive in the drop-down menu, contains productive, and then that filters down only to the. Uh, the clone types are productive. And of course, you can imagine if I only want uh, the alpha receptors, I can do the, the alpha chain, sorry, T-R-A, filter that down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then just remember to select them and I click on this create clone types from selection.
1: Awesome, next. That's all all the questions that we have for right now, Tim. All
0: right, great. Thank you. So for the last about 20 minutes or so, I'm going to go over the single-cell RNA-seq combined with single-cell TCR-seq. So the data that I have today is from human CD45 lymphoid and myeloid cells. So they are matched tumor and peripheral blood from three patients with clear cell renal cell carcinoma. So because of the advent of single cell library prep, we can now look at single cell VDJ, right? So now not only can we compare what does each individual cell express, but correlate that with TCR diversity. So the first couple of steps are pretty straightforward. Once again, for those of you who are running this program uh, for the first time, Let me just close these windows. For the plugins, access the plugins using the top right-hand corner. This is where you will be able to download your plugins. And the one for single cell is going to be called the CLC single cell analysis module. So once again, the first time you go into the program, plugins, download plugins, find this plugin, and click on the download and install button. So once that is done, again, what users can do is, let's go ahead and take a look, import their reads, and then associate their FASTQ files with the metadata. So the metadata is quite useful because it can tell the program how to handle the RNA-seq part of the sample and how to handle the VDJ TCR-seq part of the sample as well. So again, in this case, what we need to do is we need to download the single cell data set. So this way it includes files for the, um, let me go ahead and go into the program because the fonts may be a little bit bigger. Go to the top for a single cell. This also includes cell type classifier. So, this is what is used by the single cell RNA seq to detect the cell type of interest. So, once again, feel free to click on this and then click on download, and then you can close it. So, you can see the reason why this is still available for me to download is I have not downloaded the single cell attack seq peak uh, shape filter. So once we have all of those files downloaded, let's go ahead and execute the workflow. And similar to the bulk immune repertoire analysis, what users can do is run the workflow off of the single cell workflow. For those of you who are following along, let's go ahead and expand the single cell workflows. Here, users can choose to start from reads or start from imported data. So imported data will be data coming from count matrix. So for those of you who may have count matrix from your bioinformatics core, feel free to import those in either through the cell clonotypes for your uh, TCR seek or expression matrix for your count matrix. So let's go ahead and click on the reads. And what I'm going to access is the immune repertoire and the expression analysis tool. If you only have TCR-seq, feel free to access the immune repertoire. But most customers that I've worked with uh, who run this type of analysis also have single cell RNA-seq. So let's go ahead and double click on the tool, select where we want to run the analysis. And this is where we can select our FASTQ files again. So in this case, I'm going to go up to pre-imported in. uh, Let's see, analysis. Please give me a few seconds for me to find these. As you can see, I have too many folders that I try to organize. There we go. Reads. So one represents a single cell RNA-seq. The other one represents a TCR uh, seek. Clicking on next, we're gonna select our reference data set. So in this case, we're gonna use the human single cell so that we can use the single cells cell type classifier. Here, we're gonna tell the programs which sample is which and how we're going to batch these samples. And this is why the metadata becomes quite important. So once again, what we can do is we can go to our TCR reads, use our metadata table, and then tell the program, how are we going to group the samples as one. So we're going to iterate over samples by using the patient column. And then we're going to iterate the RNA-seq and TCR seek samples based on the library columns. So let me go back one step here and just show you the Excel spreadsheet that was imported in as a metadata. So in this case, we have two different samples, and then I'm just going to deselect all, run, library, and patient. So these came from the same patient One represents an RNA-seq and one represents a TCR. So in that field, what we were asking the program to do is treat this as one batch unit, and we're going to iterate the RNA-seq based on the library and the TCR-seq based on the library column as well. So once again, going back to the expression analysis, let's go ahead and select the two reads. telling the program to use the single cell, using the metadata table, telling the program that each sample is classified based on the patient ID, and in the RNA-seq and VDR, uh, VDJ, sequencing libraries come from the library column. So next, what we can do is, so as you can see, the library, it's assigning the RNA to RNA, TCR to VDJ. This allows us to check that again. So again, we're going to iterate over each sample. The RNA is going to be RNA. The TCR is going to be the VDJ library. Clicking on next, all of these are set as default. So feel free to continue clicking on next for the single cell RNA seq analysis. QC, so whether you want to remove cells with few reads or not, filter the clonal types. So if there are multiple clonotypes available for a particular cell, whether you want to retain all of these clonal types or retain the primary, whether to cluster cells based on highly variable genes, UMAP. Single cell velocity analysis. So if you're looking for velocity analysis for genes, feel free to select that. Creating heat maps, creating expression plots and velocity genes. These are uh, plots that I do not have time to go over today, but feel free to watch some of our videos in the past for RNA-seq analysis for single cells to learn more about these different plots. And once again, what we can do is save the folders, create a log, and indicate the folder of interest. In this case, let's go to the bottom, click on that, and we can click on finish. So for today, I've already pre-run the analysis. So let's go ahead and take a look at the analysis. So the most important one, I think a lot of users that I've worked with, um, they're interested in the UMAP. So this UMAP is going to be a combination of our single-cell RNA-seq, as well as our single-cell TCR-seq. So on the right-hand side here, we have the plot settings. And right now, if we scroll down to a little bit to the bottom, the colors are coming from the different clusters. And these clusters are the Leiden clusters on top here. So rather than coloring based on the clusters here. Let's go ahead and change the cell annotations. In this case, I'm going to make it whether it's uh, T cell receptor productive or not productive. So right now, nothing has changed in this particular coloring. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to move it down and I'm going to show the colors as the cell annotation. So now we can see that the cells in this aqua colorish are the ones with productive TC uh, T TC, cell receptor alpha and beta chains. I'm just going to also show the color legend on the top upper left-hand corner so that we have that legend available. Now this color is a little bit faded. So what we can do is we can click on this little color box And let's go ahead and change it to a bright red. So it's much easier to see, or I guess that's a magenta. So as you you can see, based on this UMAP, productive TCR seems to be restricted to this population of the single cells. So this is quite interesting, right? And perhaps it's not surprising because if we switch the clusters rather than the light clusters to cell type, change the cell and coloring from cell annotations to the clusters, we can see that the majority of this cluster belongs to the T lymphocytes. So how many of you in the audience using the raise hand button would find this particular UMAP, this interactive UMAP to be useful to help you analyze your data? Okay, I can see some of you find that using this UMAP to analyze the data would be useful. So that's great. This coloring is also useful to also look at samples. So remember, we have various different samples, so you can see how they contribute to one another. Going back to the cell annotation, rather than looking at T cell receptor productivity, We can also change that to other metadata fields that we may have. So for example, if we're interested in whether it came from, let's see if I can find the particular metadata that I want to label this. We can look at whether it is, let's see, it's the sample type, whether it came from, nope, wrong one, tumor, or peripheral blood. So as you can see, many of the T cell receptors that have been uh, productive T cell receptors belong to this tumor cluster rather than the peripheral blood cluster. So once again, let me jump back into the slideshow since we only have a couple more minutes left. Again, I really encourage those of you who are interested in the single cell analysis to go back to access some of the resources that we already have available for you to learn more about how to leverage those. Because unfortunately today, today, we don't have time to talk about the heat maps, the dot plots, the volcano plots, and all of those uh, useful analysis for single-cell RNA-seq. So like with other analysis in CLC Genomics Workbench, we also produce a QC report for single-cell RNA-seq. So many of you may recognize this in Nibin plot to see the uh, quality of your single cell RNA seq, We can use the UMAP to visualize whether TCRs are productive or not productive. And we can also use this uh, cell annotation to color specific clonal types if we have enough clonotypes to, uh, to illustrate. We can then change that color to some type of cell type annotation to see how well our TCRs correlate with our cell clusters. And we can also change the coloring to see how well that overlaps with perhaps tumor or peripheral blood. And of course, just like the bulk immune repertoire, we can generate Sankey plots for individual single cell immune repertoire samples to compare them for diversity. And once again, I've listed here additional resources that you can access, and I can't advertise this enough. Uh, my colleague, Kristen has just recently done a webinar for single-cell RNA-seq. Feel free to access that video to learn more about the single-cell features in CLC Genomics Workbench. So with that, I'd like to thank everybody for attending today's webinar on how to analyze bulk as well as your single cell immune repertoire, and I'll be more than happy to take any questions you may have.
1: All right, hey Tim, I got one um in the workflows there was you know still a bunch of steps. Is there any way of sort of, you know, if you're re- always doing the same workflow over and over again to kind of make it more simplified?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what you can do is you can lock down essentially all of the steps. So go ahead and right click on this. Lock down all of the different parameters so that, um, you, all you have to do is just select your samples and
1: then hit go. I take it, you can do that for all, all workflows. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All workflows, you can do that. So as long as you see these little locks, if you want to lock them down, you have optimized them all then all you have to do is select the FastQ files. And you can see many of these tools have already been logged down so that during our workflows, we did not see those in our
1: uh, analysis setup. Gotcha. Uh, And then one more I see over here in the chat is, um, could you explain TCR diversity? Yeah, so
0: so let's look at a table, maybe that would be a little more uh, useful to explain this. So clonality just means, let's see if I can, this might be a little bit big, but let's just open it up. Clonality just means individual VDJ rearrangement. And a diversity means how many clonal types you have. So the more diverse you have, means that the more more clones you have. So the more combinations of VDJ you have in your population and samples.
1: Gotcha. There was a question. I'm not um not sure. Maybe they can <clears throat> have some clarification, but uh just I guess asking if the next training would be more focused on the analysis, which I feel like you covered pretty well, but I'm wondering if they're trying to understand like underlying algorithms. Um mm-hmm.
0: yeah, so for any of the underlying algorithms, what users can do is go to any of these steps. So let's say if you're interested in the QC for single cell. Let's say, go to the help button, and this would describe all of our algorithms. So this is going to give us how we filter all of the information, and we also have a bibliography se- section. Let's see right here of all the papers that uh, that we use for all of our algorithms as well. So. Unfortunately, today I don't have time to go over individual citations and references, but please feel free to read these different bibliographies in the manual. And as always, feel free to reach out to our support team. If you have questions about our algorithms, You know we will be more than happy to answer any questions you may have. So once again, you can access the support using the support button on the top right-hand corner,
1: and then let us know Yeah, and I think the last part of that question is just, um, were any of your samples replicates? And I don't know if we've done any benchmarking, so it was kind of like how repeatable are the results?
0: Yeah, so um, the samples I used, the second set of analysis from the single cell came from three biological replicates. The first one, um, it was just N1 for biological, uh, but of course, like any other, analysis whether that's bioinformatics or statistics the more replicates you have the better so um so if i were to do the wet bench uh experiments i would probably include more biological replicates
1: awesome and i I mean i i guess the last comment on that one would be you know if it's a separate kit that isn't a Kaiogen kit we do have services that would always be able to help you know, mm, optimize for different, you know, kits or conditions and things like that as well. Um, So they can always reach out to us to see if we can help, um, you know, improve that through our services and such, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they would be more than happy to help you optimize your algorithm. So for most applications, I would say that the default settings uh, do a pretty good job of analyzing your data. I haven't come across many customers who have to tweak too much of the parameters. Now, if you do have to tweak the parameters, so so sorry, back up a little. I haven't had too many customers who needed to tweak the parameters and then they can get pretty meaningful results at the end. So using your default settings should be sufficient for most users. If you do have to optimize your parameters, feel free to reach out to our services team. We will be more than happy to help you out with that.
1: Yeah, I can only imagine that more maybe with like uh, non-KiaSeq panels, like some third yeah. party and such that might Absolutely. potentially have that um, need. Um, and I guess the last thing I'll just point out uh, is that in the chat one more time, I, I've just provided the uh, today's slides uh, one last time. And again, if you want to download this video... Uh, right after today's, um, after Tim's presentation, you can go back to where you signed up for the, the talk and sign or uh, register again, and you'll be able to download the um, presentation. I, I don't see any more questions. i just double check, make sure I didn't miss anything in the chat. Yeah, I don't. Don't see anything, Tim, but we can hang out for another minute or two just to kind of finalize and make sure no one else has anything.
0: Thank you very much, everybody, for attending, and please do not let this be the last time that we see each other either virtually or in person.